So, the title of this series is going to be called Prepare Yourself. But this, this preparation is for the time I believe we'll be going through this year and the years that are forthcoming. The word that, that is a word for now and the events that will unfold over this year and I say as the subsequent years to come. So that we endure. That's very important. That we endure. Prepare yourself so that you could, would be able to endure. And there are situations and circumstances that will stretch and pull and, and challenge us as believers. And if we are not ready, we will crumble under the pressure. If you're not ready, you will crumble, crumble under the pressure. And uh, let's go to 1 Corinthians 3, 10 through 15. So this, this message today is just an overview for what the next subsequent messages are going to cover. How we prepare ourselves. Are you there? 1 Corinthians 3, 10 through 15? Okay. According to the grace of God which was given to me, this is Paul speaking, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds. On it, for no other foundation can anyone lay that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on, if anyone's work which he has built on, it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved. As yet as as yet as yet so as through fire. So Paul is saying that the foundation of our faith is Christ, but each one has to be careful how you build upon that foundation. Because he says the day, whichever day that is, and whatever circumstance that is, and I believe that we are entering, based on Matthew 24 and Mark 13 and so forth, that there will be so much, um, there will be situations and circumstances, as I said, will stretch and pull us and challenge us in ways that we have never been challenged before. And if you don't build properly on your foundation, which is Christ, mm -hmm. that day or those circumstances will put it all to the test. Mm -hmm. If it survives, if it endures, then you know what you build on that foundation is, is right, is true. And if it doesn't, then you know that you're wrong and it's going to cost, it's be very costly to you. Even though you will still be, You'll still make it through. You'll still be saved. But you'll suffer a lot of loss. So, let's go to Matthew 24. And this message is not really an end times message. It's just things we just need to pay attention to. So, Matthew 24, let's start from verse 4. We're going to go 4 through 13. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. 
For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. Right, I just want, let me talk about this, these verses for a bit. A couple of things I want to focus on there. And then I'll give you some examples, which, uh, you know, we, we, we already know, and you will be able to relate to them. Now it says here, I want to focus on, now we say here, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, which is true. We have been hearing of them. Not only hearing of wars, which have actually take, take, taken place or, t- or, take, or taking place, and rumors of wars. He says, see that you're not troubled, for these things must come to pass. Now, verse 7. He says, for nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. I don't know if anyone ever looked up what, how you define a nation, how you define a kingdom. The Greek word for nation is ethnos which refers to a race or a tribe. And the, and the Greek word for kingdom is basilie, refers to a realm, a sovereign, a foundation of power. And verse 10, what I wanted to look at also, it says, And then many will be offended and betray one another and will hate one another. <coughs> Why prepare yourself? Prepare yourself because when you are bombarded with the circumstances, when you've been pulled and stretched, when your faith is being challenged, if you're not grounded, if you're not prepared, it says, and I will get to the other verses in uh, Timothy, as it says in 1 Timothy 4, that many in the latter days, some will depart from the faith. Some will depart from the faith. They will turn away. So it says here, and these are the ones will deliver you up to tribulation. And they are offended. Because of offense, they walk away from the faith. And they betray one another and hate one another. That's why I say, if you're not prepared, you will turn away from the faith. You will walk away from the faith. Okay, Because everything you've built on Christ will be challenged. And if it doesn't survive, people lose hope. People will turn away. I'm not saying we will. I'm saying this happens. Okay. Now, nation, as I said, ethnos, it refers to a race, it refers to a tribe. I'll give you an example of nation versus nation and kingdom against kingdom. Examples of nation versus nation. Ethnos, just remember the definition. 
a race or tribe. For example, the, the American Civil War, we all know about that, in the, in the 1860s, because of a difference of ideology. So you had a civil war. The, the ethnic cleansing that took place in South Sudan, Bosnia, Croatia, Kosovo, that's nation against nation. It's not kingdom, it's races. Whether it's not necessarily black or white, but it could be races based on religion, based on tribe. Even in the African continent, they had tribal wars, nation against nation. Kingdom versus kingdom. For example, the French and Indian wars. That was the French-India wars. That's the French versus the British. When they were moving, when they moved to the North America, they were fighting against each other for claims to the to North America and Canada. Then you had the American Revolution in the latter 1700s. World War One, World War Two. So as you see, over time, the power and the influence of wars have spread not only locally or in certain regions; it affects globally. Okay, so you talk about nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. He said, but the end is not yet. <clears throat> but understand, in that, it says also in verse 12, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. We see that now. Lawlessness, and if you define what that is, lawlessness is defined as a disregard, total disregard for law and order. So we, you know, these are things that he said, Jesus said that will we will see. So if we go to, let's go to First Timothy uh, chapter four. First Timothy chapter four, and we will start in verse one. One to three. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times. Some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience uh, seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry, and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. So we know that. We see that happening. And it's very subtle how things you see things happen. Let's go to Second um, Timothy three one through five. But what I wanted to focus on right there in First Timothy four was that in the latter times it says some will depart from the faith. Second Timothy three. Let's go there. One through five. But know this: that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, slanderers, and you know, the word slander there for you don't know what it means. Making false statements about people, destroying people's character. Alright? So, we, we're seeing a lot of that going on. 
traitors, uh, slanderers. Where am I there? Okay. Uh, this, uh, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good. Okay, so despising what is good. So now good is bad and bad is good. Traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. And from such people turn away. So know this. So we read in Matthew and we read here. The Spirit spoke, speaking through Jesus and speaking through Paul is telling us what to expect. It's telling us what to expect. So none of this is supposed to be a surprise to us. We have been warned ahead of time. Right. So there will be a lot of unrest, changes and pressures to conform. There is going to be more pressure to conform. Now let me share a few things so that you can understand the times and seasons we are living in. Understand that global natural disasters are increasing in frequency and intensity. Now if I go back to Matthew 28, Matthew 24, go to verse 7. Jesus said, nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, earthquakes in various places. Verse 8, all these are the beginning of sorrows. If you go into Greek and look up the meaning of what it says sorrows mean, it says birth pains, birth pangs. That's what that means. These are the beginning of birth pains. So I'll show you now, and I'll, I'll show you exactly what's been happening. So understand that global, I'm just going to talk for this, for this few minutes on global natural disasters are increasing in frequency and intensity, like birth pains. If you've had children, you understand what that means. It's not going to stop. It's just going to accelerate in frequency and intensity. These include droughts, floods, biological epidemics, extreme weather, extreme temperature, landslides. We just, just an example just the other day. Wildfires, another one. Because of the wildfires, the landslides, mm -hmm. volcanic activity. There was just one the other day that happened, wasn't active from all these years and now it's active. Earthquakes, or oh, there was just another one in the news. This is not a complete list. So I'll give you an example. Since the 1900 to 1940, that's a span of 40 years, the average, there was an average of about 611 recorded natural disaster events over the years. An average from those 40 years span. From 1940 to 1975, that's a 35 year span, there are Average about six, 11 to 66 recorded. That's over, not over that span per year, but then the average, 11 to 66, so it fluctuated. From 1975 to 1996, 21-year span, average from 66 to 272. And from 1996 to 2017, a 20-year span, the average from 300 to 500 plus. 
So if you graph it, if you graph it, it's going to be like this. So it's exponential. That's how birth pains are. We women could testify to that. It starts off as, I don't know, like a couple minutes apart. And then they're more frequent as they're closer. Until it's like, get this child out of me. So that's what's happening. If you graph birth pains, it's the same way. Okay? So that is what, 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 we, uh, what we have seen here. And I don't expect 2018. 2018 started off with a bang. I don't expect that to, to decrease. And I expect over the next few years, it's going to accelerate. And that's just the natural disasters. I'm not talking about the other unrest going on. Social, economic, cultural, threats of wars. Global and race wars, which are also happening. That's just part of the list. We are going to be bombarded with things more and more, more intense. If you don't prepare yourself, you will succumb to the pressure. Okay. So I read a quote from an article in Why the World is Not Falling Apart. The article and the, and the, the author states, the, the search is on for someone to dispel foreboding, which is, and the def, let me define foreboding, fearful apprehension, a feeling that something bad will happen, and embody again the hope of the world. The search is on for someone to dispel foreboding and embody again the hope of the world. The search is on for someone to calm the fears of the world. Selah. We know who that is. So the search is on. As things become more and more intense, people will look for someone or people to calm their fears. The world will not understand and will be confused by what is going on. But I want to, you to settle these things in your heart. So that you will not be surprised. So Jesus said in Matthew. I didn't read everything he said. I just read some of what he said. And he said that for a purpose. Number one, because the disciples asked him. Now, if the, fa- if the father didn't want him to make it known, the father wouldn't have said anything. Let him say anything. But the father allowed him to let them and express to them what will transpire in the last days. So, as he did that, also the Apostle Paul, in 1 Thess- Thessalonians, in Timoth- in, uh, Timothy, it's also to express to us what is going to happen in the last days. So then none of this is supposed to be a surprise to us. What we have to do is to make sure that we are prepared for what is coming down the pipe. If you're not prepared, you will crumble under the pressure. The preparation has to do with how we build. How we build. How we build on the foundation, as we read in 1 Corinthians 3, 10 through 15. He said, be careful. The foundation is Christ. Be careful how you build upon that foundation. Because the day will try what you have built on that foundation. 
And if what you have built is eternal, it will survive. You will endure. It will come through the trial, the fire. But if what you build is wood, hay, and stubble, it will not survive the fire. Okay. So we have to be unshakable, unmovable, having peace and joy in the midst of all the turmoil that's going to keep coming and happening. How are you going to have joy and peace in the midst of all the drama that's going to come before us this year and in the subsequent years? How? You've got to prepare yourself. Let's go to Matthew 25. I was not planning on doing this, so let's do it. I want to read this parable. We're going to start with verse 1. He said, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Ten virgins took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. So they had an invitation. They didn't just decide to show up and go meet the bridegroom. They had an invitation. Just as we who are who believe in Christ and who call on Christ. We had an invitation. We accepted the invitation. Now five of them were wise. And five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all the virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather. To, the, who, to, the, to those who sell, buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, As surely I say to you, I do not know you. He said, Watch therefore, for you... You do not know, you neither know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. As I said, this does not only re- relate to when He's coming, it also relates to the time we are living in. If you're not prepared, for example, when you're going through your trial, individually as a family, Who is going through the trial? Is it you or is it your brethren? It's you. It is you are going through that trial. I I could be prayed up. I could be in the Lord. I could be walking with God. But I can't help you go through your trial. I can pray for you. I can encourage you. But you are the one who has to go through the trial yourself. You are the one in the wilderness. I am not in the wilderness. If you're not prepared, you're not going to make it. I can pray for you. I can do everything I can to help you. But there's only so much I can do. We all have to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. 
Do you understand that? So the the bride, the, the brides, the virgins who are already prepared, you would say, some people say, it's unfair. Why don't they love, show some love and help the others? But they say, if we do that, we also will be disqualified. Then nobody's getting in. It sounds unfair, but it's just. Sometimes what's just is not fair. It's just, it's just right. So as I said, this is not a doom and gloom. I'm not, this is not about doom and gloom. It's just to, we've been warned. And I believe the Lord is warning us. You know, we've heard this. When I first got saved, I heard Jesus was coming. I heard Jesus was coming. Way people before me, Jesus was coming. Even back here, back if you read in the, in the New Testament, He's coming soon. But there are signs that we, have, that we have to understand and see to know truly that His coming is soon. I just talked about these are the beginning of sorrows, birth pains. I give you some, st- some statistics of what's been happening over the past since the 1900 as far as natural disasters as far as what's going on in the world everything is global now nothing is isolated anymore everything is global and it has to be like that it has to be like that because when you understand what God is allowing as I said there are things happening in heaven there are things happening on earth there are things happening in the church God is incredible. There, there are many facets of end time things that are happening. There's growth that's going to take place in the church. The world, you will see chaos. And in Israel, you'll see different things happening. And in heaven, there are things God is preparing as time, chronologically as things unfold. There are things He's preparing and having ready. Alright, so, how do we prepare ourselves? First, we have to know Him. And in John 13, John 17, 3, you don't have to turn there. Turn there. And this is eternal life, that we might know Thee, the one true God, and Jesus Christ, whom Thou hast sent. We might know Him. It's no accident, the word last year was, it is time to live the reality of the promises of God. It's no, that is no accident. It ties in perfectly with what's going on this year. People hear a lot about Jesus. There's so many, there are different religions. Which is the true religion? You, spoke, you speak to a Muslim, they said, my religion is the best. You speak to a Buddhist, mine is the, is the right one. A Hindu, my religion is right. A Christian, my religion is right. I want to see creation is groaning waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God there is something about walking in Christ and following Christ that will supersede will be revealed to the world to show that this God of Abraham Christ he is the one true God there is something that has to be revealed to the world to show them that Jesus Christ is who he says he is it has to be revealed. Remember what they say, the cream always rises to the top? Right now, you're not seeing it, but it will happen. It will happen. Be at peace, number two, 
In John 14, 27, be, peace I leave with you. This is what Jesus was saying. My peace I, leave, I give to you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives. The, the peace I'm giving you, the world doesn't have this kind of this peace I'm talking about. I have it, and I'm giving it to you. He said, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. With all the drama that's going on, don't worry. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Let not your heart be troubled. Don't be afraid. You've been warned ahead of time. So you know you need to relax. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Anything that you see coming down in the news, anything that's happening in the world should not be a surprise to you. Sometimes you say, oh my God, I don't believe what I'm seeing. I don't believe a person could do something like that. Believe it. There is absolutely nothing that, come, that I see that surprises me. Absolutely nothing. We have been warned ahead of time. Number three. Repel fear. 2 Timothy 1.7 For God has not given us the spirit of fear but of power, love, and a sound mind. There are times we're going to be afraid. But Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. Neither be afraid. Repel fear. The next, we have to have the courage to obey. Because there are times you're going to be challenged to do what is not the norm. You be required, as they say what, to step out of your comfort zone. But in Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And He will, shall, direct your path. It takes courage. Fellowship. <laughs> in 1 Thessalonians 5, 11 says, Therefore comfort each other and edify one another. It's amazing how little emphasis we put on fellowship. When I say fellowship, I am not talking about eating and drinking together, which is good. Eating and drinking together builds and strengthens the relationship. But when I say fellowship, each member of the body has a gift. When you come together, we are to use our gifts to edify the whole. When the whole let me tell you something. If someone has a spirit of prophecy or a word, or a word of knowledge, these are all different spiritual gifts. Or someone has a gift of tongues or an interpretation of tongues. These gifts have to be in operation because the Holy Spirit, as we get closer and closer to the last days, the Lord will be speaking by His Spirit through specific people. Those who are available to receive what He has to say. If you're not putting your gifts to use, if you're not exercising your spiritual gifts, the Spirit of God cannot use you. And it's important, the fellowship is important, because the church, the body, needs to hear what the Lord is saying. In the moment. Because our lives, not only individually, individually but corporately, is dependent on what the Holy Spirit is saying. You guys understand how important fellowship is. To hear. So we can share what the Spirit of God has given us. So if the Lord gives you something, I expect you to share it. Because if the Lord is saying something, we need to know what it is. 
Because it's the, we, we are dependent on each gift. Even the gift of love. Somebody comes in here with down. We're supposed to love them. Edify them. Spur them onto good works. Because we, out there is enough drama. Enough pressure for your attention to distract you. To want you to try and push you or, co- or co- coax you to do what's not right. We need to be fellowship so we can strengthen and edify one another. Bearing fruit. That's in the sixth one. In John 15.5, Jesus says, I am the vine. You are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. We are not in this just to have a good time. We are in this to, to reveal the glory of God. The only way that the world is going to see Christ and know that this Christianity, but the only way the world is going to know that this is real, they have to see something. And they see it through the fruit. If there is no fruit, there is no witness of the word and the power of the word of God. There is no witness. What, does people, what do people have to look at if there, if there is no fruit coming from our lives? And I'm not talking mangoes and oranges. I'm talking love, compassion, mercy, faithfulness, peace, joy. When you pray, things happen. This is what I'm talking about. Next week, I'm going to start with number one of the six, which is knowing Him. So next week, I'm going to start with knowing Him. And hopefully, I finish that in one, in one, in one message. Then the next one after that, I'm going to do to be at peace. Because you can't be at peace if you don't know Him. And then repel fear. If you don't know Him, you're not going to be at peace. Therefore, you'll be consumed with fear. But if you know Him and you have peace, you know how to repel fear. And then you have the courage to obey because you know Him. Even though you will be have fear, you'll be at peace and have the courage to obey because you know Him. <laughs> and then you have fellowship. So I'm going to talk about fellowship after that. Why is it important to be with each other? Why is it important... When people, th- you know, it's amazing how we just lightly fellowship. How lightly we just, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't need to be around them. It's not that your gift is missing. They need your gift. I need your gift. Anyhow, and then bearing fruit. So that's six, six, six messages there, and we'll see. But I don't know if this is a witness in your spirit, but. It was, I, it was very clear to me that because, and the reason why I said this, what did Jesus say? He said the bride will make herself ready. Who? The bride makes herself ready. She prepares, she's preparing herself and he is helping her prepare. There's a choice. We have, there's a choice we have to make. We, every, everything we do is a choice. The bride will make herself ready. So those who keep preparing themselves, going through the wilderness, submitting, and coming out of the wilderness, and bearing fruit, and just keep going. When he comes, whoa! They prepare. They don't have to get... When he comes, it's too late to get yourself ready. You've got to be ready. Because it says here in, in Matthew, it said angels, they will come like lightning. Boom! 
and we will be changed. The ones who, di- the ones who die, the dead in Christ will be rise, and those who remain will be changed in an instant. You won't have time to prepare. I heard a preacher said, you won't have time to write a book. Because when Jesus is ready to return, he's going to let the church know. The church will know, before, and the world wouldn't know. But he, won't, but he won't give us enough time to write a book. He says, it says, as it was in the days of Noah, so it shall be. In the days of Noah, Noah knew, I think a week or two before, God told him exactly when the flood was going to say. He told Noah when. Noah knew, I think it was a week before. Seven days, Noah knew. But he will, if we, if we abide in him, we will hear. He will give it to us in a dream. He will, if he has to show up, send the angel. If he has to set it where you guys live in, 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 in uh, PA, he will do it. He will do it.